the Lord said to Zerubbabel, he said, I know there's a mountain in front of you, but I don't want you to say that anymore. I want you to start saying grace, grace to the mountain. So grace means, you know what grace means, right? You do get what you don't deserve. Whew, anybody happy about that? You know what mercy means, don't you? You don't get what you do deserve. Anybody happy about that? Anybody glad that you didn't get what you did deserve? That's mercy. Anybody glad that you did get what you don't deserve? That's grace. So the Lord says, I know there's a mountain. I know, I see it in front of you, Zerubbabel. And this mountain was, they were trying to build a temple and they couldn't do it. Their lawyers had come against them and all kinds of issues had come against them. And there was no way to build this temple. And so for 15 years, the project was halted by Joshua and Zerubbabel. And they couldn't finish the building of the temple. And they knew that God told them to do that. But they had been delayed. He said, I know this is a mountain. But you need to stop saying what you're saying, Zerubbabel. I want you to walk out there. And I want you to start shouting to the top of your lungs, Grace! Grace! He said, people are going to think you lost your mind, but I want you to do it anyway. And old Zerubbabel would get up every day, and he would shout grace and grace. And then the Lord said, I don't want you to just do that now. You're shouting grace, but I want you to go buy something. People are going to think there is no value in this, but I want you to do something else. Listen to this. I love this passage. It's in Zechariah 4. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, do you see who you're linked up with there? Do you see who's on your side? Not your connections, not your resources, not my might, not my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. He said, who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become like a plain. And then he said, Zerubbabel, go do something. Go buy a capstone. Now look on the screens. That's a capstone. You know what a capstone is? That's the last stone you lay, not the first stone. The first stone is called the foundation stone. That's the first one you lay. The last stone you lay is when everything is finished and it's all over and you lay the final capstone on it and the project is done. The Lord said, don't go buy a foundation stone. I want you to buy the finishing touch. I want you to go buy the capstone. And here comes the rubber bell walking through the camp of Israel and it looks like they're never going to get it made. It looks like the temple is never going to get built. But here he walks through and says, listen, I got proof right here. This is my action step. This is my faith and action. And oh, Zerubbabel, who was actually a builder, and, and Zerubbabel, he was an administrator and a builder. He had walked through there with that old capstone on his shoulder and say, listen, grace, grace is coming. Get ready. Go get your hammers. Grace is coming. We're going to get what we don't deserve. Grace, grace is coming. Go get your saws. Go get your chisels, whatever you're going to need to build this temple. Go start cutting down the logs, pile up the lumber. I know it looks like the enemy is winning, but this is my act of faith because the Lord told me the one who laid the foundation stone is going to be the same one that lays the capstone. How is this going to happen, Zerubbabel? They won't allow us to do it. He said, the Lord said, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. 
Spirit says the Lord of hosts, the Holy Ghost is about to come in and help us. The Holy Spirit is about to come in to our circumstances and change the circumstances around us. Maybe you need a capstone. Maybe instead of just speaking faith and feeling faith, maybe you need something like Zerubbabel did. You are asking God for a mate. Well, don't you know that if Abraham can send a servant to find a wife for his son, your father can send an angel to find one for you. Don't you know that? Don't you know that angels can set you up? I mean, that's better than dating.com or whatever all those things are called. That's better than all that. Just say, Lord. Lord, I'm waiting. What, what, what do I do in the meantime? Just go buy you something nice. Go buy you a little. Go buy you a little. Uh, a, a little necklace. Go buy you a ring and put it on the other hand and say, "Listen, this is my promise. This is my capstone. I'm gonna wear this until the angel shows up. God may move them here from Canada or Jamaica. God may move them here from the islands. God, I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm telling you, I don't have to look around this room and say, mm -mm, "This is not." for me. No, my father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He'll set me up with whoever I need when I need them. God will go out and find them and bring them to me. If that's what you're looking for, maybe you just need to go out and get yourself a ring. Let me tell you something. If you're trying to, if you're trying to put your faith in action, girls, if you are asking God for a mate, go out and buy you some lipstick and get your hair done and act like you are getting ready to go on a date and believe that in your heart. I mean, put Put some faith into action. Boys, you need to go buy you a new shirt and some new tennis shoes. Shave if you need to. Cut your hair if you want to. Whatever you need to do, just say, listen, man, I don't know when I'm going to run into her, but it might be tomorrow, and I'm putting on a little extra up here. I'm putting on a little extra cologne. I'm going to look, but I'm going to wear my nice shirt to the mall this time because you never know. She could be right there. You need to put your faith into action and believe that God is going to do what he said we can do. You want to buy, you need a car? Oh, well, well Dr. Dr. Cutshaw, I need a car. You just don't know my circumstances. I, I get it. I get it. It looks like you can't get a car, but you can probably afford a keychain. So go out and get yourself a keychain. And you carry that keychain around and you dangle it in the devil's face. And when the devil tells you you'll never afford a car, you say, you see this devil? One of these days, the key to my car is going to hang on this keychain. And I'm going to hold on to this keychain until I put it in. And and crank it. One of these days this keychain is going to crank my car. You need a house? Oh, but you don't know. Nobody in my family's ever owned a house. Nobody in my lineage has ever owned a house. That doesn't matter. Go buy you a door knocker. You put your name on the door knocker and you decide that one of these days my name is Cutshaw. Put Cutshaw, not on your door, but on my door. And put it on there and say one of these days. Keep it in the box. Lay it on the living room and the living room, dining room table Lay it in the, in the living room on the coffee table. And when you walk by that keychain, you say, listen, or you walk by that door knocker, door knocker, one of these days you're going to be on the front door of my house. I don't know where we're going to live, but my father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. I'm putting some faith. I've got me a capstone. Grace! Grace! God's going to give me what I don't deserve. Grace! Grace! The Holy Spirit's going to help me not by might nor by power. But by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts, God is going to come through. Hallelujah. Give God praise. You need a financial breakthrough? 
get you out a check, write out your tithe, much more than you have in your account. Don't put it in the offering plate. <laughs> Tape it on the refrigerator. One of these days, Lord, with your help, I'll take this off of the refrigerator and I'll drop it in the offering plate. I've never been able to tithe on this amount before. I'll tell you, I've got so many miracle stories like that that I can't, I don't even have time to tell you how the Lord, I, I'll, I'll just tell you one quick story. The Lord told me to give away more money than I've, than I've ever given away in my life. And he told me to give it away to a place that I would have never given it to, this small little struggling Christian school. And the Lord told me to do that. I would have put it in my church or gave it to a missionary that I knew, but not, not necessarily there. But that's what the Lord told me to do. And so, you know, I went to my redhead, which is what I call my wife, Faith. I went to my redhead and I said, listen, the Lord wants me to, to sow a seed. And uh, I don't want to tell you how much it is. So I'm going to ask you to pray for two or three days. And then we're going to sit at the table. And you're going to slide the amount across the table. And I'm going to slide the amount. Let's see how close we are. Then we'll get there. All right. And so I knew my wife. She's very conservative. I've, you know, we've never fought over money. First of all, we didn't have a lot to fight over. And secondly, she's just not a big spender. So that's the other thing. She's very thrifty. And so I knew that I would be the one that come closer to writing a check like that than her. I mean, she'll drive across town to three grocery stores to save a nickel, you know, so this is more her. And, you know, she'll, she won't buy something. She never even takes the tags off of anything for two weeks because she usually ends up taking it back. You know, that's just her. So I knew that. I thought, no, this is not going to happen. And so so we pray for three days. We sit at the little dining room table, and I wrote down the amount. It was five figures, big, big check. We've never done anything like this in our life. We were going to have to just take all the money out. We have to take money out of our retirement fund and everything to do it. And so I slid it across the table, just, you know, kind of waiting. She slid hers across the table. And when I opened her little piece of paper, it was the same exact amount that was on my piece of paper. And I knew that was God. I mean, for, for more reasons than I can tell you, I knew that was God. And you know what she said? And this is so unlike her. She said, I want you to write that check today. She said, if God told you to do that, you cannot wait. If God told you to do that, there's a miracle there somehow. I want you to go write that check today. And I said, honey, I, don't, I can't even pull that money together today. Then do it tomorrow. Pull the money together today, but I don't want it sitting in our account. If this is God's, I don't want to hold on to it for another day. I mean, she just got adamant like that. So I did it. I pulled all the money together. I went in that little, that little Christian school. They shouted all over the place, you know, because God had come through. God knew they needed what I had, and God knew that he had a plan for me. But I, had, I didn't know I was unlocking a miracle. I just thought I was in, I didn't, I didn't give to get. Honestly, I wasn't claiming anything major out of it. I wasn't even saying, you know, press down, shaking together, running over him, writing that check up. That wasn't even, that wasn't even going on. It was just an obedience thing for me. I just thought, I don't know what God's going to bless me with, but I'm just going to do it as an act of obedience. Well, we had decided to sell our house and about two or three weeks later, I think we sold our house. It was on Labor Day weekend. I'll never forget that. And we went out of town just so they could show the house. And they had an open house on Labor Day weekend. We had a little realtor in the church. And she called me. She said, Pastor B, she said, I, I don't know what to do. She said, you have, we, we've only had your open house open for three hours. And, and there is a bidding war going on for your house. I said, well, what's a bidding war? She said, we have eight contracts. And they're trying to outbid each other. Listen, I knew what the top house in my neighborhood had ever sold for. I bought one of the display homes, you know, that after everybody had gone through it a few times. And so that's the house we were living in. And I knew what the top house, let me tell you, when they finished this, my house sold for almost $200,000 above what the top 
sale in my neighborhood had ever been in its history since they built it. I don't even want to tell you how many, how many times God gave that back to me. And that happened within a month. And I'm not telling you that's going to happen to you. I can't tell you that. Only if God tells you to do that will it happen. If I tell you, then, you know, you're going to come to me later and say, where's my money? I'm not going to do that. But if, if God tells you, you can, you can trust the Lord. And the Lord told us to do that. I'm telling you, sometimes God says, put your action, put your faith where your action is at. Maybe you need to write that check, put it on the refrigerator, on, an, on, a, on a magnet, and say, one of these days, I'm I'm going to give this to a missionary one of these days. I'm going to give this to the building fund one of these days. I'm going to pay my tithes on this because I'm trusting the Lord and believing God. Listen, if you're believing for a breakthrough, maybe you need to do something, not just say something, not just believe something. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. I don't know how difficult your breakthrough is in, but I want to tell you, I've been in some fierce battles lately, and I know why. I know that the greatest revival that the world has ever seen is about to hit this planet. I know that. I know that the greatest revival that America has ever seen, this, this revival is going to be greater than the Azusa Street outpouring, which literally went around the world. It's going to be greater than Pensacola because it's not going to be located in one place. It's not going to be a revival in a church. It's going to be a revival in the world. It's going to happen in every country of the world, and there's going to be young people by the thousands and, and millions literally come to the Lord. And there's, I know it's coming. I can give, I, if you gave me three hours, I could tell you evidence for the next three hours why I know this is coming. This is not just a hope. It's not a feeling. I can prove it to you in Habakkuk, Malachi, Joel. I can prove it to you from the book of Genesis and the third flight of Noah's dust. I mean, I can just show it over and over and over. I can show you why I know this is about to happen. I can talk to you about the, prop, the, the spirit of Elijah that is going to show back up in the last days right before the day of vengeance. That's what Malachi 4 says, that the spirit of Elijah is going to come back. You know what that means? Dead things are going to be raised. What, who are the dead that he raised? He raised children from the dead. He raised young people from the dead. That's the spirit of Elijah. The hearts of the fathers are going to turn back to the sons. I'm telling you, God's about to dig up some old wells of revival and they're going to flow again in this world and it's not just going to be one place. God is looking for churches like Princeton Pike here to host the glory, but it's not going to be your revival. It's going to be his revival and it's also going to happen across town in another church and in another church because when God, and I know that's why the warfare is on. I know that's why the devil is coming at the body of Christ. He's a attacking ministers and ministry in a way that we have never seen attacks in our life before. And I've got some friends that are in some fierce battles right now. And they're not even my battles, but I love them so much that I'm fighting 
fo- I'm fighting for them. They're, they're being assassinated by, by, by evil people and, and lied on by evil people. And so, so there's a part of me that's always in this battle. And when I was preparing this sermon, the Lord said, where is your substance? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And the Lord says, where is your substance? You've been asking. You've been fighting. You have declared. You have prayed. Listen, I've logged hundreds of hours. I'm talking hundreds of hours fast. So many meals I can't even tell you and cannot seem to break through this. And the Lord says, show me. Show me the substance of your hope. Show me the substance. This was Friday morning. Two days ago, when the Lord was giving me this sermon, he asked me this question, Brian, where is the substance of things hoped for? And I've been walking out Psalm 37, fret not because of evildoers, because the Lord is going to go after them. The Lord is laughing at them right now because he knows their day is coming. And I've been walking out Psalm 35, and Psalm 35 says they're going to dig a ditch and you're going to fall in it themselves. The Psalm 35 for your enemies says they're going to spread a net for you and they're going to get tangled in the net themselves. The Bible says that God is going to confuse them. Psalm 35 says that God is going to send a spirit of confusion on your enemies and their plots are going to come to nothing because confusion will enter their camps and they will turn on each other just like God did Ammon, Moab, and Eden when they turned and slaughtered one another. The Lord said that is going to happen. You can go to Psalm 37 where the Bible says fret not because of evildoers and I've been praying this psalm I have probably read this one psalm at least a hundred times. I even have it playing on my phone. Even riding here on the plane I had on my earbuds and I was listening to this psalm play over and over and over and it says do not fret because of evildoers because God is going to break their bows and God is going to break their spears and God is going to break their arrows. That is why we can say that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't mean it won't get formed. It doesn't mean the enemy will not make the weapon, but it just will not prosper. It doesn't mean that you won't see it. It might turn into a real spear. It might turn into a real bow and a real arrow and a real sword, but Psalm 37 tells me that they're going to fall in the pit and the sword is going to pierce their own heart. And the Lord asked me, Brian Cutshaw, where is the substance of your hope? Where is the substance of your faith? And I, I've been preaching a sermon, wrote a book about bows and arrows for, for years and years about raising up this next generation. I've been preaching about this for years. And I went out in my garage when the Holy Spirit convicted me. I started speaking in tongues. I was in my living room. I walked out there and I grabbed my bow off the wall of my garage and I took my skill saw and I cut cut it in half and I took those arrows and began to break those arrows and I wrapped them together in a string and out in my backyard I've got two altars at my house. One up in my office and another in some woods behind my house. And that's a sacred place for me because when I got called to preach at 17 years of age, I 
I took 12 stones from the mountain that I would go up and preach every day. I, would, I, could, I was scared to death to preach. I was a lousy preacher. I couldn't get it right. And, and I didn't think I was ever going to be a preacher. And one day I was standing in my church and I was up there playing the bass guitar and singing in my little church of God. And there was a, a, there was a, uh, a dairy farmer come walking in the church and he gave his heart to the Lord. And we all knew him. He was a neighbor. But no one knew why he got saved. No one knew why he came in. And they asked him, his name is Carol. They said, Carol, why did you give your heart to the Lord? He said, listen, every day I have to listen to the same sermon every day. I'm in there milking my cows and coming down that holler. I hear that 17-year-old, that teenage preacher boy up on that. I had no idea anybody was listening. And when he came, I'm standing there playing the bass. My jaw drops. I'm thinking, I'm a real preacher. I just got my first convert. I must be a real preacher. I was scared to death to go to the pulpit. And when he got saved, it set me ablaze for God. And I began to preach a few other circumstances. I took 12 stones from that. I carry them with me. In my backyard, there's an altar. And those 12 stones are on that altar. And that's been 42 years ago since that happened. And I took that bow, that broken bow, and I took those broken arrows, and I walked out to my backyard. I'm telling you, I don't know if my neighbors were looking it or not but it didn't matter to me the Holy Ghost was on me I was shaking I was speaking in tongues and I walked to my backyard and I put I lifted up those stones and I laid that broken bow and I laid that broken arrows and I put those stones on top of it I said the same God that called me into ministry 42 years ago the same God that gave me this altar 42 years ago he is the same God that is going to break the bow he is the same God that is going to break the arrows. And I shouted and I danced around that altar in the woods behind my house. I want to tell you, where is your substance? Where is your substance? If you're asking God for something, quit wishing for it. Quit hoping for it. Quit changing your story every time you tell it. No, get a word in your mouth. Declare something and let God establish it. Put something in your hand. Where is your substance that is the hope of your faith. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.